Mysteries, mysteries. Mysteries Inc. Mysteries Inc. Mysteries Inc. Welcome to Mysteries, Inc. Where we talk about histories, mysteries, conspiracies, and creatures. Yes, we go through and find all the weird and bizarre to save you the time of go- skimming through all the boring stuff. We get to the good stuff. I'm your one of your hosts, Miss er, Springy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe. Sorry. You're not Springs, at Springs, <laughs> Miss Springy, whatever you guys want to call me. It's, you know, hey, you works also. <laughs> yeah, it works. All right. And as usual, we start by... Uh, Picking who goes first with rock, paper, scissors. Right, so, ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Oh, Damn. I win. I go first. All right. My topic today is sex in Mesopotamia. Ooh. Now, Mesopotamia is one of the very first civilizations in the world. They spanned from before the pyramids were built and about to like right after the Great Wall of China was built. Just to kind of give you an uh, idea that they were around for quite some time, mm-hmm. a long time ago. They're uh, important because the Babylonian and Samarian people were one of the first people to document their culture and rituals yeah. and different stuff like that. So we have a lot of information. The oldest written language. Yes. Like Gilgamesh and shit like that. Yeah. Well, one of these rituals kind of both go together. They're um, sacred marriage and sacred prostitution. Okay. Okay. Now, sacred marriage is the public act of sex between two high-ranking mortals, such as the high priestess of the temple of uh, Inanna, or known as Ishtar, and or the high priest or king of the city. Their role playing the fertility gods Inanna and her husband, Dumuzi, um, he was a shepherd god. Now, Inanna is the goddess of physical love and prostitution, and she later transformed into other goddesses like Ishtar, Asarti, and later Aphrodite. So it's kind of like she's okay. kind of evolved through. Mm-hmm. She's always been around. Her husband, Dumui, it's Dumuzi, is, uh, he carries the same role as Persephone in Greek mythology, whereas in Persephone is the goddess of spring. She lives in Hades during winter and fall, and then when she comes back up onto Earth's side, she, that's when spring and summer happen. Mm -hmm. And so, she, um, what, let's see here, I'm gonna get back to my spot. When Inanna made her descent into the underworld, she felt that her husband didn't grieve her enough. So huh. when she came back, she allowed some demons to drag him underground. Weird. And in his absence, it was marked by the dry season because he was no longer there as the shepherd to keep the, the ground, you know, to keep mm-hmm. vegetation and stuff. So people would mourn her, like mourn her husband often. And um, when he was permitted to run, he had sex with Anana, flooding the land with their fertile energy, ending the dry season. So, like, once he was released from hell, he was allowed a little nookie, and then he was able to keep doing his stuff until she, like, sent him back down again. Things got wet. (laughs) They uh, they know about this because there are many baked clay plaques depicting these rituals. 
During the early dynastic period, there was frontal sex, a distinctive type of bed with animal legs, and an audience to the act. In the early second millennium, there were plaques that show the woman bent over and the man behind her, and she is drinking from a vessel with a straw. So, like, bored as fuck. <laughs> just like... Weird. So, like, <laughs> these are just... They, like tell the story of it or is, is there actual like ritual well the there is an actual ritual involved with it but they made amulets and documented that they would have this but happen what's the once ritual? a year is, the ritual they is that they just someone two people role playing this All husband right. and wife deities the fertility deities deities to like continue on with mm. nature and everything it would happen around the springtime are you sure, like, the straw thing, it wasn't, like, a, an old old world keg stand? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it really looked like he was, he he's entering from behind. Well, I know, mm-hmm. but while she's doing a wine... She's got a straw! A wine <laughs> keg stand. Well, they didn't have pressurized kegs then. <laughs> well, they have, and later on, though, they did have it where the man was standing, and the woman was on top of, like, what looked like a podium or an altar, and then there's, like, sculptures of him... And mind you, I got this book from a middle school, so that was amazing. Um, <laughs> it is history. <laughs> they also had stone and clay models of people's um, penises or triangular, triangular pubic area or vulvas that had, they were hollowed out down the center so that way they could be worn or hung like amulets. So like the Babylonians would do an incantation and place a figurine at the head of the bed to like cure impotence or whatever. Okay. Now, there, uh, there's two excerpts from poems that have survived the ages that go with sacred marriage. And uh, if you have children around, cover their ears. This is already You shouldn't already yeah, have children around, but the, the poems are quite graphic. So one of them says, My vulva, the horn, the boat of heaven, is full of eagerness like the young moon. My untilled land lies fallow. As for me, Inanna, who will plow my vulva? Who will plow my high field? Who will plow my wet ground? As for me, the young woman, who will plow my vulva? Who will station the ox there? Who will plow my vulva? Jesus. The second is... The second is, make your sweet milk... Make your milk sweet and thick, my bridegroom. My shepherd, I will (laughs) drink your fresh milk. Wild bull, Dumuzi, make your milk sweet and thick. I will drink your fresh milk. Let the milk of the goat flow in my sheep fold. <laughs> Fill my holy churn with holy with honey cheese. Oh. Lord Dumuzi, I will drink your fresh milk. <laughs> Didn't holy milk come up in another episode somewhere? <laughs> I don't know if they're related, but <laughs> I thought that was like it's just a common thing. Just ah, uh, people have always been nasty and into porn. It's not it's not a new phenomenon. No, that is very true. Uh, it's been a, the world has been been body for quite some time. <laughs> well, we 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 now move on to the sacred prostitution, which you're like, wow, that was the marriage part, like the decent side. Well, the prostitution part is on account of a. Of in Babylon during the fifth century, there was a Greek historian named Herodotus, who Herodotus. um, oh maybe that's his maybe. name, Herodotus, Herodotus, Herodotus. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. He said that every woman at one point in her life had to go to the temple of Inanna, 
while she was there, she had to sit and wait for a stranger to put a coin in her lap as payment uh, for her favors. And she was expected to go outside of the temple and have sex with him. And this act was to show worship to Anana and to ensure fertility for them and their community. Some scholars despite him or uh, dispute the ritual because, what's his name again? Herodotus. At least yes. I'm pretty sure. Herodotus. I've heard other he, people um, say it. He, he was not known as a very reliable source. But later on, there was a second writer named Lucian who uh, described it from his own personal accounts as rituals happening, same kind of rituals happening in a temple for Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. So because the two are so often... Well, Herodotus uh, is like a... a, He compiles stories. So a lot of it's just secondhand. And same with... With Lucian, I've I've heard his name pop up too. It's when people chronicle things. It's like yeah. you're getting your source, like your stuff from second. I third, wouldn't fourth doubt source. that. So <laughs> I would not doubt that they would send their daughters or at some point some girls to the to the temple to like no, go and show your worship to the gods. You know, kind yeah, of a thing. I believe it. Um, I I really want to come back. That's all I have about those two topics, but I really will come back to Mesopotamia because I found a lot of really interesting things dealing with different gods, different um, fertility rites, and just different demons. And just the whole area seems like we're going to have some fun with that. Yeah, yeah. It's some of the, you know, it's the oldest written history. So, like, you often hear stuff referred back to, like, kind of having themes that originate in Gilgamesh where it's like... Yes. It's, it's, you know, again, one of those things where there's a constant through line of, of different concepts. So that's interesting. That's fun. That one wasn't as brutal as what's about to come in the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, mine's going to be a little closer to home. Wisconsin, actually. Yay! Home state. So um, we're going to talk. Are, are you familiar with the Hodag? I think I've heard of it, but I would love a refresher. All right. So... Fun cryptid from up up in Rhinelander, um, okay. Oneida County in general, but Rhinelander like upset. That's their whole like personality. Because <laughs> I is think hoding. about a dance like a hoedown kind of a thing. That's what I keep on thinking about. So like, I think that's where my mind is going. But let's hear about a hoedag. So the first time the hoedag is mentioned is actually Michigan. Uh, it's and I couldn't find much about it. Supposedly it's it's mentioned in um, like a history of. Kent County in Michigan okay. um, in 1870, but it was really popularized in 1893 in northern Wisconsin. And really, I think the myth, or the, the talk of it had been kicking around, and this one guy just kind of decided to, to run with it. So uh, in, ni- or in uh, 1893, Gene Shepard, he was this, a timber cruiser, which is basically someone who... Um, appraises forests for mm-hmm. li- for uh, logging. And so he stumbles into camp and tells this just amazing story about how he'd been attacked by this big, black, vicious beast. It had spikes all the way down the entire length of its body, a fistful of needle-sharp pointed spears at the end of its tail, and fangs that would rival Dang. a saber-toothed tiger and could rip out the belly of the biggest bear. Oh, and he probably smelled of whiskey. <laughs> and this is like a story inside of a story, though. Yeah, yeah. Because, as we'll kind of go on a little bit further, what, I mean, because this is part of this, his story, is that he went into the logger camp. These logger guys had to be in on it. Yeah. Um, and so... We'll get to that. But anyways, so then according to this folklorist, uh, Charles E. Brown, the ferocious beast has horns on its head, large bulging eyes, 
terrible horns and claws. A line of razor-sharp spikes ran down the ridge of its back and long tail. The hodag never laid down. It slept leaning against the trunks of trees. <laughs> no wonder it's crabby as shit. <laughs> I mean, it would get, probably get stuck to the ground. It, it could only be captured by cutting deeply into the trunks of its favorite trees. I don't know why, but... <laughs> um, they got stuck there, too. <laughs> right, you gotta you got cut its tree so it comes after you. Uh, and it's said to eat mud turtles, water snakes, and muskrats. Oh, that's but not so bad. But it did not disdain human flesh. Um, so, again, further in this story, he led this group into the woods looking for the monster. And with dynamite, apparently. I don't know if shoot it, but they threw dynamite at it, and they brought back this charred uh, beast, but alive. And so I'm going to show you a quick picture of Oh, no, don't tell me it's a poor expedition. bear. No, it's not. It's just... <laughs> Here, I'll put it up on this screen. It's just ridiculously... <laughs> so this thing doesn't doesn't look like... It looks like real. a dog. Yeah, it looks like a little stuffed statue thing. Oh, oh that is... one doesn't. Oh, no, yeah, you're well, that's, right. That's, so this is that a look, They made that. Yeah. That was made. And they're all posing around it like, what? Yeah, they and got the pitchforks at it and everything. Is it standing there? I think there? this might have was supposed to be a recreation after the fact, but like... Apparently, some photo had been circulating, um, saying that it was real at the time. It had to be real. And so, mm. uh, anyways, the photographs reality. don't lie, Joe. <laughs> the photographs don't lie. This is old timey. They had no way to stage shit like this. No, no. <laughs> and well, there's also there's another photo, um, stage that was done in like the '50s, where it's obviously fake, but it's like that was said to be a recreation. So it was like, was this a recreation of this photo? Like, I'm confused. Um, anyway, uh, in reality, he had hired a, a woodcarver friend of his, and they made it out of wood and ox hide and 12 cattle horns. Um, <laughs> Seems like something a bunch of drunk guys with time on their hand and skill would do. <laughs> well, so it also had, like, wires to kind of move it. And so... It was kind of like early animatronics. It was a little more uh, okay. So they were all committed. They were Although, all committed. This dude was kind of weird. Like he, he was uh, at the time. Where did I write down? He had a like he was. Aside from being an appraiser, he had other weird jobs. Oh, I guess I forgot to write that part down. Mm -hmm. But it was like he sold scented moss through the mail. What? And like then another weird story about him is that <coughs> when creditors would come to like get money from him, yeah. he would stick soap in his mouth and froth it up so that oh he looked God. like he had babies <laughs> and then like act all crazy to scare him away. This dude was fucking interesting. I don't know if it was booze, but he was fucking I like weird. that. I like <clears> that. So he decided to start to like start this rumor and then start making money off of it. And he like kept it in his his barn. I feel like it's really poorly to lit. This guy. <laughs> like actually, again with the the scammer thing is one thing he was said to do would be like he'd get some people in there having already charged the money, mm -hmm. and then be like, all right, I'll and he'd be dressed be dressed all nice, and be like, I'll go get the beast, and then he'd go in a back room and you'd hear all these noises and growling and scuffle, and come he'd on, come back out up. all disheveled and be like, today's not a good day. <laughs> <laughs> But, we uh, talked it over. She ain't coming out. <laughs> so then he took it on the road, or at least like he, he did the Oneida County Fair, and he did like the fair. Did P.T. Barnum pick him up at all? Uh, I didn't see anything about them. Okay, because he would have ate up something like that. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe he did, and he's like, uh, no, I'm not selling, because he, <laughs> he didn't want to give it, like, you know, didn't want to admit it was fake. So he started to kind of do the fair circuit, and he was said to bring in $500 in a weekend. That's pretty that, good. a dime to see it. So that's 5,000 customers in a weekend to see it. And five, uh, $500 in 1893 is 15000 today. Yeah, yeah, that was so, pretty like, good. He is making bank. He has have his sons operate it, moving the wires and stuff, and making noises. <laughs> um, and it was always in, like, a poorly lit tent. And so. it didn't matter if you found out it was fake because you already paid your dime to get in. You were he, already done. He tricked enough people, and it had, like, it was, it was they, he tricked them enough that it was actually in a few scientific journals. Oh, really? And so eventually, this is when the jig was up. Uh, the Smithsonian Inst- Institute sent an investigator who just really wouldn't take no for an answer and getting a good <laughs> look at it. And eventually he's like, yeah, I've been faking it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of that. Um, so the jig was up. But today, like, they love it. You saw that one um, statue. Yeah, they have a large yeah. statue of it. Did they? Do they still have the old hoedig? Is it, like, still inside of a Smith only? I didn't see Sony? any pictures of that. No, but okay. I'm sure it's somewhere. But the town is just littered with these statues. That's, oh, like, one of the, the big ones. Betcha it's their uh, school mascot, too. Yep, that's what's going <laughs> next. It's the school mascot. And there's a, a Hodag music festival. Everything up there is Hodag, Hodag, Hodag. You know, um, that's okay, because I know an entire town that revolves themselves around hot dogs with sauerkraut. So, I mean, let's just be honest. This isn't bad. This isn't bad. <laughs> yeah, it's cooler than a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I was watching a PBS little little snippet on it and okay. they showed this one guy who's like actually I think he works in that building because it's like the, he's the official Hodeg uh, investigator <laughs> they had a picture of him in front of thing in front of him how do you get that job uh, no. <laughs> and they showed him a, a picture of a, a like a rock drawing petroglyph yeah and it was really familiar it was the Misha Pichu Really? The first episode. <laughs> and he's like, is this a hoedag? He's like, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, th- then they investigated people who, like, knew more about, like, the Misha Pichu and stuff. And they, yeah. Uh, like, no, as like, the thought is that apparently, like, you know, basically loggers kind of started talking about something similar to it. Yeah, well, because it's it something to talk in, about at night, yeah, you know? It morphed into something a little more that looks like... A, that one looks happy. The the first picture, he looks like a bulldog. It does. It looks <laughs> like, like they took a bulldog and they just put, like, little spikes on its back and then put a mask on it with <laughs> horns and it's just pissed off and standing there. Yeah. <laughs> so the thought is maybe it was, like, just like the a loggers' badger. interpretation of uh, the Misha Pichu. And instead of being around water, it's it's the forest. It's the forest. So. <laughs> oh, Wisconsin, we love you. I like that it it only lasted. I mean, it, he still kept it up for years, but it wasn't like this long, long legend. It was like, well, yeah, like the I was Cardiff Giant it. was found to be a fake, and they they still went with it too. So I mean, you could have just kept going with it, been like, yeah, it's fake, but you like it, don't you? Huh? Huh? Come and see the infamous hoax. Mm-hmm. Come and see it. And that's pretty much what they do with the Ironlander. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know yes, we did. We absolutely did. Well, Until next time. See you next bye. time. Bye. For any questions or comments, you can find us at Mysteries Inc. on Instagram. Thank you.